Welcome to Out of Zion with Susan Michael, an exploration of the Bible and the land of Israel. From ancient biblical sites to the story behind the stories, join Susan on a journey through the most exciting book on the planet. Hit the subscribe button for future episodes, which will deepen your faith and bring the Bible to life. And now here's our host, Susan Michael. Well, welcome everyone to the Out of Zion podcast, and today we are going to be going deeper on one of the neatest tools of understanding your Bible that is available today. You know, in times past, I think Christians probably really struggled to understand the Bible and the story of the Bible because of the way that the books of the Bible are not totally chronological. Yes, it begins with Genesis and the creation of the earth, and it ends with Revelation and the return of Jesus. But in between, it's not in perfect chronological order, and sometimes there's even the same story is told more than once. For instance, the four Gospels are telling the story of the life and ministry of Jesus four different times. So a a wonderful thing of new technology is uh, the advent of a chronological Bible, and there are several on the market today. But we want to introduce to you what really is the gold standard of chronological Bibles, and it's called the Daily Bible. We are using that Bible as a part of our Walk Through the Bible teaching series. And today we have a really special treat. First of all, We want to share with you a testimony of just how powerful the Daily Bible and its presentation is. And then we want to introduce to you the compiler of the Daily Bible, F. Lagarde Smith, so you can hear his story and how God led him to do this project. So first, I want to introduce to you Julaine Stark. She is the content marketing manager for the ICEJ and for the Out of Zion podcast. She previously was on staff with the ICEJ in Jerusalem and then relocated to the United States and to the United States branch of the ICEJ and has been helping us really behind the scenes for this podcast each week. She has a special testimony about the impact of the Daily Bible in her life. So I want to introduce to you, Julaine. Well, thank you, Susan. It's unusual to be in front of the camera, but I'm delighted to share my experience of how I discovered the Daily Bible because it truly has uh, profoundly changed how I read scripture and see everything about the story behind the stories. And so uh, I was living in Jerusalem at the time. It was my second year of working on staff at the ICEJ. And a friend of mine who had finished up her time there uh, left some things with me, including this daily Bible. And I thumbed through it and I my first impression was, I don't think I'm ever gonna use this Bible because all of the books are all mixed up. I'll never be able to find anything. And I just put it in a drawer. So, but the timing of the Lord is so perfect because uh, that fall, Right after the Feast of Tabernacles, this huge event that we planned for, and and there's all of these long hours, and everybody is worn out. Um, at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles, we have these uh, little bits of vacation, 
And it was about four weeks into this time of kind of quiet rest. It was a Shabbat, a Saturday morning. And I'm finally really wanting to dig into scripture again. And I'm looking around my room. I'm looking around my apartment. I can't find my Bible anywhere. So the only Bible I could find <laughs> was this one. So I pull out this Bible. I'm like, well, I guess I can figure it out. And so I open it up and I notice that there are dates in the top because it's, it's daily readings for the days of the year. So it's like, well, it's November 4th. Let's see what they have to say on November 4th. And I open it up and the commentary for the reading of the day on November 4th, the heading is in Jerusalem for Feast of Tabernacles. And I sat there. It has been six months since the last Passover, which Jesus evidently did not attend because of threats on his life. And it drew me in. It's like I had just, we had just celebrated it in Jerusalem. I understood the context. And as I go to the reading, it's in the book of John, I think chapter seven. And so it sets it up for me all of a sudden Here's this very Jewish man and his friends celebrating this very Jewish Feast of Tabernacles. And it, it, it changed in, in, a, in a moment. It took scripture and it just shifted everything for me. And so I, I read through uh, the rest of the story there. Then I went back. And I ignored the dates and I went back to the life of Jesus. And for the first time in my life as a Christian, I've been, I've loved Jesus since I was a little girl. But for the first time in my life, his life came to life for me and it was chronological and I was able to follow the story. And when they'd be talking about the times of Passover and I understood it's in the spring and then he would be walking through to the fall. And, and it was like, I was literally walking in the land with Jesus and walking out his life as an observer in an, in an entirely new way. So that was my first probably six months or a year with the daily Bible. Um, and so when I went back and started at the beginning, when I got to the stories of the kings and what was happening in Israel, and now I'm living in Israel, what was happening historically, and then what the prophets were saying, it suddenly, suddenly the words of Isaiah and Jeremiah, like, took on totally new meaning. It's like light bulbs went off in my head almost every day because I was understanding why God was saying this because of the historical context. And a couple times I had just been in the regions where that had happened. And, and so even if you can't live in Israel like I was living, um, it, it wakes you up to the very real nature. These are, this is a book about real people, real events, and God actively being involved, woven into the events of their life. And that's what this book did for me. Um, it's, it's real. I, I can show you, I, I just have so many notes of the revelations and just the new perspective that reading chronologically did for me.
So I would highly recommend this to anyone and everyone. It's been transformational. And you had no idea that you were going to move to the United States and be part of a program to take this Bible to many, many people and to really make it come alive. So that is really a God thing, isn't it? Absolutely. (laughs) It truly is. All right. Well, thank you, Julaine. And we are so excited today to be able to go deeper with a good friend, F. Lagarde Smith, the compiler of the Daily Bible. You know, we get questions from people about which translation and and, uh, the different types of Bibles. And I will say that there's no substitution for the Bible exactly as you have bought it, uh, the traditional uh, compilation of the Bible. But if you really want to take a time and read through the whole Bible, then it's best to use a chronological Bible. And I have done my own, where I use my own Bible, and I was flipping back and forth trying to find the different passages based on a reading guide. And I've also, I bought a chronological Bible years ago that I used, and then I came across the gold standard of chronological Bibles. And it is here, Lagarde, the narrated Bible I bought back probably in 1990, somewhere around there. It says it's the second printing from 1985, and I recommended it to many people. And of course, now it has been published as the Daily Bible. And the uh, compiler of this and the author of the narration in it is F. Lagarde Smith. And I was so delighted to find that he lived in Tennessee. I was flying through Tennessee. I was able to meet with him. We had a, a delightful lunch together, uh, getting to know the man that did this just amazing chronological Bible. And so I'm so excited to be able to introduce him to each of you and that you would get to know more of his story and to be encouraged to use this Bible. So, Lagarde, I want to welcome you. I thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you for inviting me on your program. Yeah. So, please, would you just introduce yourself to our audience, tell them a little bit about your background and um, who you are? Well, uh, it's not terribly complicated. Uh, I was born in Texas, and we are in Oklahoma and Texas and Alabama. Uh my father was a preacher. Um, I have three older sisters, one younger sister. Um, I went to school uh, for college in Temple Terrace, Florida, uh, near Tampa at Florida College. Uh, chased a girl out to Oregon uh, who <clears throat> ended up marrying someone else, uh, which was fine. It got me to the West Coast, which was wonderful. Uh, I went to Willamette University there. Uh, finished up my undergraduate uh, studies and then went right into Willamette School of Law, graduating in 1968. Um, For three years, I was in the district attorney's office in Eastern Oregon uh, in Malheur County, bad hour county. Um, And uh, for a year and a half, I was the assistant uh, prosecuting attorney there and then became appointed by the governor of Oregon to fill out my predecessor's term for a year and a half uh, as the district attorney. And uh, 
Then I went to the Oregon Bar uh, to be an administrator for about a year. Um, I told my mother I was going to be a bartender. <laughs> she was wondering <laughs> what kind of bartender I was going to be. And I said, well, I'm going to be tending the Oregon State Bar. Um, but then I had gotten a call from Pepperdine University in, uh, at that time, Orange County, California. Um, and uh, they were looking for someone to teach criminal law. Uh, and so I decided to, to go down there and uh, ended up teaching at Pepperdine Law School for about 27 years. Uh, started when I was five, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but uh, I taught criminal law and trial practice and uh, law and morality seminar, uh, various other courses as well. Uh, but uh, more toward the uh, middle of that experience, uh, I started writing books. Uh, one was a criminal law text uh, for my students. Uh, but after that, um, the next um, project that I took on was exactly what you've been talking about, uh, initially called the Narrated Bible and later on uh, the Daily Bible. Uh, since that time, uh, I've gotten married. I was a, an old bachelor at the age of 48 when I finally got married to uh, a, a gal who hadn't gotten married until she was 38, so uh, we're kind of late bloomers, don't have children. Um, we um, uh, have returned to live in Ruth's hometown of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, I had a couple of visiting stints as uh, visiting professors at Liberty University for about a year and a half and at Faulkner University in Montgomery, Alabama for uh, four years, uh, but now retired. Um, maybe one of the more interesting facets is that uh, I worked a deal with my uh, dean many years ago to teach only half of a year each year and to take off to write during the spring uh, and summer time. Um, and because of that uh, opportunity, I ended up buying a little cottage over in the Cotswolds of England. Uh, that was my sort of writing escape. and. Uh, Ruth and I have enjoyed living there five or six months a year. Uh, and then uh, we're back here in, in uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So uh, that should bring us up to, uh, to date on that. Well, you are uh, definitely a gifted writer. And, um, and, of course, coming from a background of law and teaching law, uh, one of the things I think that the legal profession does is it does teach you how to write and how to uh, articulate, how to present a case. And, and uh, so I'm sure that it played a role in uh, this amazing project, but I also know that uh, you have an interesting story that goes all the way back to your father that uh, birthed this idea. So would you share that story with us? I love sharing this story. It's just phenomenal, actually. Um, my dad was preaching in Birmingham, Alabama, and the, uh, the church had provided a home across the parking lot from the, the church building. Uh, and dad and I had been to his office at the church building and were coming down the steps to the parking lot. I remember the exact place and moment that it happened. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember at all uh, whatever else might have led to his one statement that has kickstarted all of this. But he said on those steps, as we were coming down, he said, somebody ought to put the Bible in the right order. 
And intuitively, I knew what he was talking about. You know, as a preacher, he'd been trying to get people to understand the Bible. Uh, very difficult to figure out where the prophets prophesied in the, in the history of Israel and so forth. Um, and uh, just to keep the events even of Jesus' life somewhat in order since they were repeated uh, in the four Gospels. Um, so that little statement when I was about, I guess, 14, um, stayed with me. And when my father died suddenly at the age of 63, um, I, I don't know exactly what prompted me, but I thought, you know, Dad had such a good idea. I think I'm going to try to do that for him. And uh, so I started working nights, weekends, and, and summers and so forth um, on doing what ended up as now what we know as the Daily Bible. Um, and uh, from that sort of one idea, uh, all of this has, has come. And I like, to, I like to kind of get a lesson out of this for everybody else that, you know, you never know what your words are going to do because if dad could know, I mean, there've been a couple of million copies of this Bible sold um, and hopefully read, which would mean that my father through this project, through his idea uh, for this project would have reached far more people than he ever would have reached uh, from the pulpit himself. Just, just, you gotta be grateful for the opportunity to pass on to the next generation, maybe just one sentence. But I believe you were ordained to do this because you certainly did an exceptional job. What I love about the Daily Bible, not only is it chronological, and there's different ways of approaching a chronological Bible, but you actually combined the uh, repetitive, like the four Gospels, uh, into one narrative so that nothing was left out. Um, I used to read through the Bible chronologically, and when I'd get to the Gospels, I'd just pick which one I was going to read, and then I'd go on. And here, they're all four combined, and how you did that, I don't know. But so it's a it's a read through. Um, it is in divided up into three hundred and sixty five daily readings. But what really makes it over the top is your narrative where you have introductory remarks to various sections. And it's not every day, but most days. And it really helps the reader to stay in touch with the story behind the stories. Well, Susan, that's that's easy. My dad never said anything about the narration part, but I, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher at heart, and I know that you've got to lay background for for people so they can get context and understand where they're heading and so forth. So uh, that was just a, I don't know, just it was a natural for me. It just had to be. You know, how do you bridge between uh, this story and that story and, and this century and that century? Uh, and there were a lot of things that the average reader wouldn't understand in the reading for the day if you didn't give some background to to say, okay, in those days, this is what they were talking about. Um, so that that just came along pretty naturally, actually. And that's the beauty of reading through a Bible chronologically is that you are following the story, and so you're reading everything in its right context and when it when it happened, and therefore you understand things a lot a lot better. And of course, it doesn't replace 
read, doing book studies and all like in your, your normal Bible and digging deeper in word studies and all of that. But every few years, I like to just do a read through chronologically and do it in a year. And I feel so good about myself when I finished the year. <laughs> yeah. The one verse I left out had to do with pride so, <laughs> and humility. Um, but what I want to know is, how did you do this? Because you actually did this project back in the 70s and 80s before we all had a personal computer. Um how the organizing of the verses and all I can't imagine <laughs> you had to have been so organized well I, I I mean that too is part of my character I'm an organized kind of guy ask my wife but um, it, it it's both more difficult and not as difficult as one might think uh, in a way in its simplest format it is a giant cut and paste job um, because I mean, by and large, we know when the prophets prophesied and we know where in the history of Israel they would have been. It's just that the text itself doesn't take us there in that order. So all I had to do was to make that order, the natural order, the known order happen. Uh, so that was pretty easy. Uh, I just uh, started working. And by the way, you talk about technology. I was working in pencil and eraser on legal pads. <laughs> That's how primitive it was. Um, but I, I certainly didn't rewrite the verses, the text at all. I didn't even attempt that. Because if you open up this particular presentation of scripture, what you'll see is that I have uh, divided everything up into make sense paragraphs. And I don't do it with verses inserted into that. All the verses are out in the margin where you can see where they've been drawn from. But I don't want us to, to think in terms of a book, chapter, and verse because too many times um, in the history of, of my experience with people, uh, it was often the case that people would cherry pick a verse to prove a point that that particular verse had nothing whatsoever to do with in context. So to try to avoid the abuse of scripture that way, uh, I just said, look, I'm going to do it by sense paragraph. Each paragraph will have a heading to kind of help you navigate through the reading for the day. Uh, but the verses are going to be out in the margin. Uh, and so what you will see there too, uh, as you said, I've combined uh, any of the texts that's overlapping, like in uh, Kings Chronicles uh, and uh, s sometimes the prophets overlap with that account as well, but then the four gospel accounts. Uh, so I will tell you in the text, in, in the margin, margin uh, I will tell you uh, which verses I'm combining. So you'll always know every verse is not reported because there are virtual duplications with the gospel writers, uh, but every verse is accounted for. And if you look at the index at the back and you wanna know where a, a particular verse is, then you can find your way to that page and, and see it there at least referenced. Um, but I had to avoid, 
I had to avoid kind of mishmashy stuff uh, because the difference between Matthew, Mark, and Luke, even the synoptic gospels, we call them the three that, that seem to be pretty closely aligned. Um, you would get unto there, by, back, or, you know, there were words that if you, if you were to try to put every word in there, it would not have made sense. Uh, so I, I typically would take the fullest account uh, of any one of the gospel writers and then splice in any additional uh, information that would have been supplied by one of the other writers. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not every word of the traditional Bible in there, but it's very, very close. And uh, the idea was to, to help you read, uh, not to make a, a technical uh, structure that you couldn't get through, but to help you read. And uh, I think we've pretty much accomplished that. And it's available in two different translations, right? Or, or are there more? It is. No, it's in the New International Translation was the original one I put it in. Um, and then the New Living Translation uh, has been uh, added in the last uh, couple of years. It's your organization. That's really what I love, uh, the organization of it all. And uh, your, you know, as you said, you have headings, not just narration, but the headings you put in there, the way you did it. And it's just a magnificent um, project. And I thank you for all the, How many years did it take you to About do this five. before it was published? About five. But you said that you have sold, what, over 2 million copies of the Daily Bible now? Yeah, I think so. Um, sometimes I let my mind wander to think it's 300 or 3 million, but I, I think it may be closer to 2 million. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter, but the most gratifying thing is that um, through Eastern European uh, mission, um, we now have this translated into all sorts of Eastern European languages, uh, Russian language and um, uh, Ukrainian language, which will be interesting in, in the upcoming conflict. I don't know, maybe the, both sides will be reading it, but um, we've given away, I don't know how many thousands upon thousands upon thousands to Eastern European mission. Uh, so it's not just the ones that are sold, but also those that have been given away as a part of the mission effort. Well, I can't imagine the impact that this has had. And uh, I just was wondering if maybe there's one particular testimony or one particular story that uh, sticks out in your mind of someone that has uh, given you feedback on their use of the Bible. Well, your own producer has her own wonderful story about it. Um, I, I think more than any individual um, testimony, What's been very gratifying is that whole congregations uh, in fellowships of all stripes have ordered in a, a copy for each of their members, and they've gone through it together in a year with uh, either Bible class or sermons based upon it throughout the year. Uh, and so to, to think that a whole congregation, many of whom have never read the Bible from cover to cover, are doing it together uh, and encouraging one another to do that. Uh, I mean, that just blows my mind. Um, and uh, so I, I don't know. It, it's just when I look into the, the text and I see God using 
broken vessels <laughs> to to be prophets or to, to do whatever God wants them to do to advance the the kingdom. Uh, very humbling to think that God would use this broken vessel, and I and I'm not being <laughs> facetious about that at all. I I I am not the person that had I been God, I would have chosen to do this work. Um, it's just amazing that he gives an idea to a man who talks to his son, who then takes that man out of the picture, uh, and then that son comes along and does something that uh, you have no idea where, where that work is going, and it goes into all the world. It just It's an amazing process. That's uh, To me, that's a, a more personal testimony than the ones that I've gotten through the mail. Well, we are certainly thankful for what you did and the effort. We know, I mean, millions of lives have been impacted through this uh, around the world to better understand God's word and therefore to be able to better walk in fellowship with him and fulfill the calling that that the Lord may have on their lives. And so um, we are using the daily Bible um, as a part of a year long walk through the Bible that we've done, uh, that we've recorded and making available to churches uh, as a accompaniment. But a part of the requirement is it comes with the daily Bible so that they will all read through it uh, with us and follow along. And as you say, we have new technologies and new platforms and uh, so we want to make sure to um, to be out there on all of them, reaching a new generation. But I want to make sure they all know about this, uh, the Daily Bible. And so I want to invite everyone, if you haven't already purchased a copy of it, to go down below in today's show notes. And we will have a link to how you can purchase the Daily Bible. Uh, you can purchase the course through Amazon, but we also will link to it in our ministry store. Your purchase through our ministry will help us to continue to produce uh, broadcasting like today to bring this information to you. So I really encourage every one of you to uh, get your copy of the Daily Bible and to begin a really life-transforming read-through of the Bible chronologically where you understand that grand story that is behind all the stories. So I want to thank our special guest, uh, Lagarde Smith, for being with us today and sharing his testimony. Thank each of you for listening, and we will see you back here next year, next week on Out of Zion. Thank you so much. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Out of Zion with Susan Michael. Be sure to subscribe to Out of Zion now on Apple Podcasts, cpnshows.com, YouTube, or wherever you like to listen and learn. Out of Zion with Susan Michael is a production of ICEJ USA, all rights reserved.